this episode, we're going to talk about dopamine. Yeah, as, I love dopamine. We all love dopamine. And the dopamine push, yeah. as Selena calls it. So, what is dopamine? So and do- why is it important? Oh, dopamine's important for so many things. Um, I know people have heard about it all, but it's the thing that when you eat a piece of chocolate or your favorite thing, you get that feeling immediately, oh, that feels so good. Well, that's basically just dopamine chemistry inside your brain that's activating in the oldest part of your brain what we call the nucleus accumbens area Mm. of your brain, which sits just near your amygdala, which is your stress and pleasure and other part of your brain, Mm -hmm. which is processing emotion. So those two parts of your brain are kind of intimately wired together. So when you have something that's yummy, um, it's then telling your amygdala that feels yummy. Hmm. The dopamine, so it's a neural circuitry pathway that's intimately connected. it also goes a bit haywire, don't we know that? Mm-hmm. So that just say you have one little piece of chocolate or one cigarette, as another example, one glass of wine. Mm-hmm. How often do you feel like you can stop? Not very. <laughs> Me either. Mm-hmm. You want to go and have that second one because that first one felt so mm-hmm. good, and then and then what happens after you then end up maybe at the block of chocolate or the bottle of wine or whatever it is later. It felt good through the build-up to that, but by the end of it or the next day, how do you feel? Mm. Shit. <laughs> and I'm always like, damn it, I should know better. <laughs> and so what's happening there? What's, what's going on with dopamine? Mm. Well, dopamine uh, is you get that nice little hit that gives you the pleasure and then... And then what happens is it says, more, 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 give me more, I want more. It's that kind of chemical inside your brain. And then eventually, over time, you have to have more and more of the same yummy things to get the same dopamine push. Mm -hmm. So dopamine starts to decrease over time. And so therefore, to to get the dopamine feeling you've got to have more and more and more Hmm. of the same things. Right. It's like being dependent on a a drug or something. Well, it's part of that pathway. So it's the other thing that there's another, it's it's got a few, um, a few roles. So that's the rewarding role Mm -hmm. that makes, it's the thing that makes you keep coming back for more. And then it's got this other interesting thing, which it also mediates um, motivation. Mm. So it's the thing that if you're procrastinating um, is kind of low. Right. And so it goes low and low and low, which means that you um, aren't motivated, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you need something to stimulate that dopamine release to get you motivated to do something. So it's sitting in that same brain region. Mm-hmm. The nucleus accumbens is your motivating pathway. The other thing it does, it drives your motor behavior, mm-hmm. right? So you need dopamine to get you moving, get your body moving, which is right. why sometimes you won't go and work out. Mm-hmm. Because you have no dopamine to get you motivated. And probably why people really like taking like pre-workouts and like, you know, having a sugar, like Gatorade. Yeah, absolutely. Or what is it? Red Bull. Red Bull. That's a really good example because it's caffeine as well. It's really activating all of those Mm -hmm. pathways to get you ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, The other interesting thing in terms of motor behavior and and learning, like in habits Mm -hmm. so dopamine is also part of that pathway 
And so I can give you an example of what it's like if you don't have dopamine. So Parkinson's disease is a really good example of no dopamine. Mm. So it's a dopamine deficit disorder mm-hmm. and, what hap- and, and other things. But what happens is people that get Parkinson's, for instance, they can't initiate movement. Mm. You can't control it, really. They, well, there's that element too. And so the way you solve Parkinson's in the beginning is by getting dopamine-like drugs. Oh, wow. And so if you know anyone that has Parkinson's disease, they can't actually move their arm mm-hmm. straight away. They can't initiate it. So that's part of dopamine too for, in terms of our ability to move mm-hmm. our bodies. So dopamine obviously is very important. It's like what makes us happy. Yeah, another example mm-hmm. for this, say you're watching the Super Bowl yeah. um, or, or a TV show at night time, mm-hmm. right? And you're just going to watch 30 minutes. Of that show yeah that's it then you're going to go and write your blog you're going to go and do your homework you're going to go and do the dishes right after that 30 minutes you're just going to watch your show yeah well 10 minutes before it's finished the advertising starts to really kick up right mm-hmm. and then they start to tell you about the next show that's on 30 minutes later yeah for the next 30 minutes and you're like oh wow and then it's starting to hit your mind right Mm-hmm. And now you've sat watching this show and you're really relaxed in your relaxed position with your mm-hmm. feet up and eating your popcorn or you're, oh, you're just feeling so good. Mm-hmm. And then they show you the next show. Oh, that's, and then your brain, oh, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, the dopamine levels have really gone down during that sitting, feeling relaxed period. Mm-hmm. It's, and what did I just say dopamine does? It helps to initiate movement. Right, so now you're super relaxed. The advertising started. You can see the next show, and before you know it, you've watched three hours of television. Mm-hmm. So the people that are producing television, they really understand this really well. Mm-hmm. And so for you to overcome this dopamine deficit that you've induced by just lying there, is you just have to move your arms or stand up while you're watching a show. If you really mean that you only want to watch one show, huh. so that's like binge watching, and it's like having inertia at the end of the day Uh uh-huh yep and this happens to all of us all the time with lots of things that we do like facebook um other social media examples you talk about the apps that you like and Mm -hmm. then before you know it you you look up and oh my god you've spent two hours because basically you're not moving Mm -hmm. and so the dopamine levels are going down Hmm. and i guess one of the things that like so you might think right now dopamine sounds evil Right? No, but, it's, well, but it's really just like what you train to, you know, to receive dopamine for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing we go back to over and over again. It's like, are you going to let dopamine rule your life or are you going to rule the dopamine in your yeah, life? Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's nothing wrong with having a piece of chocolate if it makes you feel good. It's just when you go to the block. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the responding, not reacting, and recognizing why you go to the block. It's about impulse control, not training your brain, and recognizing you can do this and only have one piece and say no to the second piece. Mm-hmm. And you know, controlling it mm-hmm. in that way. It's recognizing you are in charge of your chemistry. Right. Now, why this is important, Jeremy. Yeah. It's not just about reward and addiction. It's also about recognizing equally and even 10x more we just talked about the things that make you feel good the things that make you feel really bad and keep you really really stuck and going over and over in your head how crap you are or how shit your life is or that person didn't um, snapchat me or whatever it is that's also driving chemistry inside your brain 
which you can also control and be in charge of and then take yourself out of those situations and move yourself into a dopamine push situation that will completely wipe out that bad chemistry. Mm -hmm. So you're like moving dopamine to a different place. Absolutely. You can use these tools and understandings to move your brain into a good direction. Mm -hmm. Again, though, this, so people might wonder, you know, this is all high and mighty, but how do I actually do that? You know, so what are, what are just, what's a practice? You know, I know in your, in your book, you write about taking, put a goal down on paper and then write five steps to get there. So what, you know, what's something that you can do in an everyday life that would move tools? Mm. So for example, I want to stay fit and healthy. So my rule is that if I have one piece of chocolate and then if I'm going to have two and three, then instead of after the first piece, I will just literally go outside. Mm. And then before you know it, you've completely forgotten about the second and the third piece and then eventually your brain gets wired to not take it. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's to the point now where I can actually have a whole fridge full of Tim Tams, mm-hmm. which are my favorite Australian cookie, chocolate mm. cookie that many Americans like. Yeah, yeah. So I've become a Tim Tam pusher. <laughs> I can actually literally have them in my fridge once upon a time they would be gone. Yeah. I could not resist them. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking. And that's and so another thing you can do is actually just start on a daily basis taking out sugar. Because mm-hmm. sugar drives these pathways that keep you really stuck and make it really difficult to resist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot more about we will. sugar and diet and the yeah. in principle for. So, it's really just setting yourself a tiniest goal. And these are called, you know, you've heard a lot of people talk about atomic habits, tiny habits, those kind of things. And it really, I really believe it starts with the earliest we can start teaching people, the younger we can start teaching people that they can control their brain chemistry, the easier it will be. But because we're not there yet and people have never been taught about any of these things, um, it is going to be harder than it would have been if you were taught to ride a bike when you were six. It's sure. a little bit harder when you're 22 mm-hmm. or 62 <laughs> to start learning to ride a bike, yeah. right? So it's that's how I view it. Right. Let's just provide the foundation and the information and the knowledge and get people to understand that they too can get in control of their brain power. And these are just the things that are going on inside and that we have to wrestle with our chemistry.